Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the West London Sport QPR podcast. Uh, it's just myself and Kevin this week with our usual guest options, either too traumatised to talk about QPR or afraid that any language they may use may not be suitable for a family audience. Um, right, so let's rip off this plaster and dive straight into Saturday's abysmal performance, Kev. It was pretty bleak stuff from, from the way the team was set up to a lack of an obvious game plan from the manager. And for me, most alarmingly, the, the lack of creativity and, and and how easy it was for Coventry to, to win a game 3-0. But, uh, I mean, you and I, are, you know, were a similar vintage and you've obviously played like 400 games for QPR. I watched hundreds more as a fan. I got my first season ticket in the late 80s. And um, and I think between us, we've been racking our brains to think of a much worse time than this on a field, especially when we sat here uh, going into Christmas in the top six after beating Preston, sort of, I think it was December the 17th. It's uh, It's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's really bad. I mean, I had a half decent performance, and I I won't go over the top against uh, about the the West Brom performance. I thought it was okay because we got a point, and it was good because we were two 0 down. But let's be fair, the, the goals we conceded were horrendous. But we showed a bit of fight to come back. Well, I wasn't going over. I wouldn't go over the top about that. But it was a good point. But then to follow it up with um that that score line and that performance against Coventry, who are a decent team. Um nothing absolutely brilliant, but a decent team to follow that uh, West Brom performance up and that point uh against Coventry and the and the performance to put in was yeah, it was very woeful. I was in the crowd, I was sitting with a couple of mates and my their boys and my son. And obviously, when the third goal went in, uh, there was a mass exodus. And, and and I have to say, including me, I walked out after that goal. But the whole the whole performance was just, considering we were in a relegation dogfight, was just really, really poor. And the players have to take uh, some blame, but the manager has to take some of the blame with the way he set up the team and the way that we played and the way, you know, I mean, we'll go into it, but, you know, every time the ball goes out, Sonny Dien kicks it long. He aims for Lyndon Dykes. And to be fair, Lyndon Dykes, is, he's, he's, he can win a flick on. But 
the man chasing it is probably, well, he's the oldest player in the QPR team, if I'm right. And he's not the, the, the quickest. And he's never been the quickest. And that's never been his role. Because I actually played with Chris Martin 15 years ago when he was a young lad at, at, at Luton. And he was never the quickest. But we're flicking, the, we're, we're kicking it long to flick on to, for um, Chris Martin to chase down. And that's just not going to work. And centre-halves must be, must be thinking, well, you know, opposition centre-halves must be thinking, this is, this is, you know, not, I'm not, I'm not, Sinclair Armstrong's not chasing after it, who's got real pace, it's Chris Armstrong, because Chris Armstrong wants to get the ball into his chest and link play up, and he's chasing flick-ons. I think the whole, um, looking back, you know, we, we, we were well outnumbered in midfield, we played two in midfield, and I know you're not a big fan of Dazelle, and I haven't been either. And to play two centre midfielders against their three and just get totally overrun, yeah, there's got a, there's a lot um, to be said about the the, um, the starting eleven and the formation and and the tactics. I mean, for me, it's ludicrous that a manager would even think of playing two banks of four, four four two in in the modern game you see you know top coaches will have players they're 442 when they're out of possession that kind of thing and fluid but that was just a rigid 442 where you had like Ilias chair on left wing Albert Dummer right wing and we're just going to launch crosses in the box because then the Dyke scored a header against West Brom and that's what we're going to do and you're looking at that and going how have we how how have you gone from the Mark Warburton style of playing football to that in a year with the same players. I mean, what manager comes in? I mean, I look at the way that Luton Town play. And Luton Town had a very good season. They play a very direct way. They're very physical. It works for them and it's effective. Now, Rob Edwards has come in as coach. That isn't the style of football he plays. But he's embraced what the team is good at and hasn't changed anything. And they're playing that same way and where they are. You can't come in and just expect the team that's played a certain way just to kind of play a completely different way because that's no, what, that's how the manager play. You can't do that. That, that's, um, no, I think, you know, Gareth has gone back to his type and what he wants to do and what he played, played with uh, at Wickham, but he hasn't adapted to the players and what style of football that produces their, which will produce the best results with this, with the players he's got. I mean, Jimmy Dunn's playing right back at home in the must-win game against Coventry. I quite like Jimmy Dunn as an out-and-out centre-half, a blocker, a heading, sort of kick-it type, you know, sort of basic, great attitude. But he's playing right back. He's slinging balls into the box with his left foot to the back post for Ilias chair to head in. It just doesn't add up. It's Albert Adoma playing right back, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, Albert, yeah, Albert Adoma... You know, his legs have gone. He should be just be coming on for 15 minutes. You know, a bit of experience. He didn't go wrong. He didn't get past the left-back once. Jake Bidwell, who was bang average for us three or four years ago, you know, he didn't go past him once. So, we, you know, and then you've got Ilias Chair, a very creative number 10, playing left midfield. He's patrolling up and down the left side. It's just, it's just so well out of sync. I, I don't know. I mean, I really hope 
you know, for QPR to get the best chance of getting something out of the next few games is it goes back to what they're best at. And that is a 4-3-3 formation. I go back to the two midfield, Andre Dezel, and I said it last week, um, Stefan Janssen hasn't got the legs to play in a two against a three. He never probably has. But put him in a three, get him on the ball, and he might pass the ball and, and make something happen. Got to play, you know, Norwich are a good footballing team. I know they had a bad result uh, on Friday against Middlesbrough. But what they are do, they have, they have an identity that they've kept for the last, what, four or five years, where they're very um, possession-based, uh, midfield-free, pass and move. And if we don't match them up in midfield, we could have a big problem. Uh, and the thing is, as well, is that, I mean, that's, that it annoyed me, actually. I, I, I didn't work on, on Saturday. I, I took my, my two children to the game and, well, my daughter is nine. She's got a season ticket, but hasn't been to a game for a while due to things she does on a Saturday and me working and what have you. And the last game she went to was a Swansea game. It was a one-all game. But keep that play quite well, created lots of chances and really threw away two points. And she said that she's nine and doesn't know much about football at all and said, Daddy, why are we, why are we so rubbish now? Why don't we shoot have shots on goal anymore? And... And then for the manager to come out afterwards and say, this team has no identity, that really, really cheesed me off because we sat on this pod and said under Mark Warburton for the first time in a long time, I do have an identity. This is what they do. And for a manager to come out and say, we haven't got an identity, which is basically him saying, like, you're not playing how I want you to play. And it's no different to a manager coming in and saying, like, I want the team that's bottom of Division 2 or League 2 to come in and play free-flowing football out the back when you're in a relegation fight. It's no different to getting your player that are used to playing a certain way, a certain style, to then turn around and start lumping it long to a big man up top and playing the goalkeeper, just kicking it as far as he can and it being completely alien to what you've been doing for the last sort of four years. It makes no sense. I mean, Ian, did, did Senny Dieng from a goal kick ever pass it out on Saturday? No, he didn't roll it out at all, I think. I don't think. So we're hitting, we were basically playing hit and hope, long ball and see what happens. You've got some, you've actually got some talent, really. I know they ain't produced, but someone's got to get their arm around. Someone has to get their arm around his chair. Someone has to get their arm around Chris Willock and say, hey, come on. Guys, you were like ripping it up at the start of the season. Mm. Even if you can get back to three quarters or two thirds of the form that you were doing in August or September, you're better off. I mean, you know, Chris Willett's on the bench. He's He was our best player, pretty and, much. And that's, and, that's, and that's the thing. Everyone is fit now. There's no excuse. He's got everyone back. You know, I mean, his predecessor, Neil Critchley, didn't have a lot of the players that are now back available to him, and he lost his job. The QPR were eight points clear of the, the drop zone win. Ainsworth took over. They've scored six goals, conceded 21, I think it is. And, you know, they're now like a point off the bottom three and don't like them by a win. I, and it's, you have to, it's his 10th game tomorrow. And I think, you know, you judge a manager over that. But I mean, really, he's, you know, it's like the opposite to a managerial bounce. It's, it's a kind of managerial kind of, 
you know, regression, isn't it? From what it was to what it is now. It's, it's, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. No, I haven't. And I mean, when Gareth took over, I thought, you know, he'll get a couple of wins, two or three wins to keep us up. And I wasn't really that worried. But now I'm like, now it's sort of, you know, we're getting into panic stations. I'm, you know, panicking because, you know, you can lose games and you can be in the game and you can be close, but we're not close. And that's the worrying thing. We're not close. They're just we not creating any chances. Yeah. Uh, pardon? You, you can have a game where you create three or four chances and sit there and go, well, he's got to score that or he's got to score that. They're not, we're not even at that stage. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, we were talking about Lyndon Dykes at the start of the season. He could have like eight or nine goals this before the, the World Cup break. He's missed absolute sitters here. But he ain't missing sitters because he ain't getting any chances. He ain't getting any service. He's flicking the ball on very well, but who cares? Who are you flicking the ball on to? You're better off holding it and linking the play than flicking it on because who are you flicking it on to? I think like centre-halves for the opposition team argument, do you know what? He's good in the air. Let him flick it on and we'll pick up the seconds and we'll play from there. Yeah, and that's the thing is you look at like Wigan, not a good team. Rotherham, not a good team. Blackpool, a terrible team. They beat him 6-1. And... You know, you could, Coventry on a bad side. It's not the it's not the it's not the end of the world losing a team like Coventry. I mean, really, Rangers beat Coventry twice last year. Both teams are much the same from last year. So there's been a regression there. But you know, confidence, etc. So I, I accept losing to Coventry, but to, to lose like that and not lay a glove on them and not you know test the goalkeeper to you know to not have a shot on goal against Wigan to do nothing. It's just. You know, it wasn't great under Critchley, but it was better than this. I mean, did they, did they pull the trigger too early on him? Well, you know, you, you just said that that Critchley didn't have the players coming back that that have come back now. So, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a very good question. Um, maybe, I mean, he, he didn't seem to sort of have the personality... Um, you know, of a QPR manager, and we spoke about this months ago. And he dug him out. I think he get, did he dig him out against the uh, Fleetwood away, which was a, a poor performance. But when I look back, you know, Sheffield United was it last minute goal, Swansea. You know, we were sort of in games and we were like mm. close and we were nearly there. But now we're just we're sort of, you know, like you said, we're not laying the glove. I think I remember. Ilias Chair had a free kick in the first half. Keeper made a good save. And then we had a corner and Sam Field had a shot when it got headed out. So, so sort of two set plays, but never really created anything, anything in um, in general play on Saturday against against Coventry. But the, the, what, what sort of worries me is in a relegation battle when you, it's basically a must-win game. And uh, that's very worrying. The lack of creativity and go back to the Preston game is very similar. Home game, and the Birmingham one, which I thought was the Birmingham game for me was a real eye opener of, you know, because I thought Birmingham were a poor team. I really did. Mm-hmm. And they scored their first attack, and then we've got our centre forward throwing the ball into the box. And he's the only one who actually can win a header in the box attacking-wise, and he's throwing it in or throwing it out into the stand. 
and I just thought this ain't good. I mean, I can, I'll, you can tell the players are not they they're not they're not suited. They they don't they don't know what they're doing. They don't want to do what they're trying to do. They want to go in it, and then tomorrow he needs to go try and go back to the identity which they've been playing for the last three years. Hmm. I mean, I put down the, 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 the Birmingham game, the Preston game and the Coventry game as three of the worst home performances that I can remember in many, many years. And it's all come in the last, well, nine games, three of the worst ever home performances I could, you know, for a long time. I mean, I you know, wish the moment about Mark Warburton and his, you know, constant look after the ball and his, you know, I know fans were got a bit tired in the end of his him saying the same things over and over again, but there was a method to what he was saying and what he wanted. You could see a style of play, a pattern of play. I don't know what that I don't know what this manager wants. I generally don't. I can't I can't see what you know. <laughs> can you see what, what, what the game could you see a game plan on Saturday? Go back to that. You can lose three, four nil home or away. You, that can actually happen because yeah. all it takes is three or four real bad individual mistakes at the back and you lose. But the Birmingham game was just, they didn't even, they created half a one chance. They didn't create anything. We didn't create anything. And like you said, those, these last three home games are like, what, 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 what's going on? We're not stringing any passes together. We, we huffed and puffed for, in, against um, commentary. We huffed and puffed for the first five, six, seven minutes. I, I nudged my mate. I said, if we don't score, we don't score in the next few minutes. If we don't score in the first 10 minutes, it's going to be curtains for us. Mm. Because we did. And and do you know what? What anyone says, the crowd, I thought, were really good at the start yeah. of the game. Really yeah. good. Good crowd. Really good atmosphere right behind the team. I thought they were excellent. And then when people say, I'm not getting behind the team and this, that's absolute nonsense. Because when the third goal win, yeah, there was a max effort. But what 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 the crowd meant? I'll be on the pitch and I'll be giving it well, I don't blame them. I'm in the stand and I'm saying, Well, I don't blame them because I'm one of them, I don't blame them. But I thought the crowd were really good on, on Saturday at the start. Really got behind oh, the team. I agree. I think the crowd's been good. Yeah, I think the crowd's been good all season. I do. Um I don't I've been in a lot of away games, support's been good. There's you know, but I mean the pressing game may turn on the players a bit, but that didn't carry on against commentary. And I just think there was a, almost like when they scored, they kept it out. The fans were still good. And then, but it just got flat, didn't it? It just sort of sat there. And went, I mean, even I didn't enjoy the football when Ian Holloway was manager. I didn't. It wasn't really, I didn't like it. But you're always in games. You know, that used to, you know, big Matt Smith would come on, but there'd at least be kind of, have a go, there would be sort of the ball bobbling around the box and chances and the crowd trying to get behind the team and I mean, in it's, I mean, I sit my season ticket is right when I'm not working is right in line with the penalty box, 18 yard box at the loft end. I've not seen a goal we've not seen a goal down the end of the pitch nearly all season there's no, I'm not saying it's all down to, down to Ainsworth but it's been remarkably worse I mean, I've seen players hit the bar down the end of the pitch. I haven't. I don't think I've seen a shot on goal from a kid when I've been sitting down there when he's a manager. I don't, do you know what I mean? It's just there's nothing. There's nothing. It's just flat. And 
you know, and then it's oh, character and leadership, and I'm picking this team because they're good characters, and that that isn't the way to that isn't for me. You can't be doing that. You pick your best players, surely. Well, you can get so far with character and passion and this, but you need good players. And the best teams have characters who are good players as well. They're the best, they're the best players. But you know, running and this, yeah, that's okay. Oh, there's no point having the ball, giving it away every time and then running after it and showing passion. Mm. Um, professional football players, you know, get the ball, keep the ball, create a chance if you're a winger or you're a number 10, as you're a, num as you're a striker. This is, I remember I was having a bad time. I had loads of bad times, you know, confidence a little bit wrecked. Ray Arford, who got a bit of a bad stick, said a really good thing to me. He said, Kevin, first thing you do, try and get two shots in in the first 10 minutes, get your confidence going, just have a shot. And you're like, do you know what? You know, them little things in your head. Yeah, that's, a, you know, whatever. Just have a shot and see what happens. Um, but, you know, as you said, this passion and running about. Yeah, I think that's just, that should be a given. Everyone's a little bit different. Everyone shows a little bit more running than everyone because some lads are more energetic. Some lads are more um, fitter and they can chase back. And that's more their game, especially midfielders. At the end of the day, you've got to create something and you've got to be able to pass the ball and you've got to be, if you're going forward, create chances or pass to the person who's going to create the chances. And then when you ain't got the ball, you've got to win it back and you've got to keep it simple, but you've got to play to your strengths of your team and you've got to get your best players on the pitch and you've got to get your your best players as confident as possible. And that's where, you know, your Neil Warnock's a genius where he'll put his arm round the best player, i.e. Adele, and he'll treat him like a king. And then he treats, and then he gets going and he's he's the best player. And he won't have anything bad about it and let him do what he wants. He's, that's, it's, that's genius management. management. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like normal, but that's what they that's what people do. Even Alex Ferguson did it. Never told off by Eric Cantona, did he? Never, that, that's what mm. all the things I ever heard from Man United, Eric Cantona could turn up in a pair of jeans when it was a, a Man United um, official do. If anyone else did it, they'd get fined. No, Eric, you can do what you want. Because you, mm. you know, just man management, managing. That's what I'm saying. My point being is I'm trying to say, how can we get Willock back to playing now he was at the start of the season for the next, yeah. was it how many games? Four games left. How can we get him anywhere near that standard? Because he could be the game changer to keep QPR up. And how do you do that at the club? Who's going to get him on side and get him playing and chair? Because at the start of the season, they were scoring goals. And I remember I saying it in, in, in September and I said, we cannot rely on Chris Willock and Ilias chair keep scoring worldies every week. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's everything that Warnock did. I mean, you, you wouldn't say you mentioned Adele Trapped, and I mean even Ali Fallen as well. I mean, you look at Warnock historically prior to being a QPR manager, you wouldn't say they're Neil Warnock type players, would you? But no, you but identified you what they you could do. The difference, you know, and instead of ostracising guys, I mean, like Ethan Laird's a good player. His confidence looks a bit low at the moment. I mean, he, you know. He, you can't be helped sitting there watching, you know, a right back playing in your position and struggling to keep the ball on the pitch. 
you know, and, yeah, then, it, and then that flows down to Jimmy yeah. Dunn. And I, and I felt really sorry for Jimmy Dunn on, on Saturday. I like Jimmy Dunn. I think he's a very solid, honest player. Good lads. You know, he's had a tough season. His confidence probably isn't the best. And you put him out on an island at right back. And you can see he's trying so hard. In the end, he was just putting the ball into the stand. He couldn't pass from A to B. You know, that isn't going to do him any good at all, is it? And, like, you know, he talks about, you know, putting his arm around players and making them feel empowered and better than that. that way. You know, that can cause more damage than worth playing a player out of position in a, in a role like that in front of a home crowd on the touchline. You know, it's... it's oh, yeah, it just makes... I mean, I mean... If anyone should be playing right back if uh, a centre half, uh, Jimmy Dunn and Rob Dickey, you'd probably say Rob Dickey because he's actually better on the ball than Jimmy Dunn. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone knows that. It's not rocket science. Rob Dickey's a better passer on the ball than Jimmy Dunn. Not saying he's a better player, but he's a better passer. And when you're mm-hmm. playing right back, you end up having a lot of the ball and you have to pass it to create something. I mean, like you said about Ethan Led, it's a Man United player and he's like he's on the bench and Jimmy Dunn, who's a, a big stopper of a centre half, is playing in front of him. He's probably thinking, Wow, what's going on here? Mm. Yeah. But be interesting to see what the formation and the team selection is tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. But it's all are you saying yesterday that Jake Clark sort of likes to be back? I mean I mean to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if he put him a left back and played a back four full of centre backs. Well, that's what I think he'll do as well. If he if Jake Saw Clark Saw was there, I think. Well, Balligan's injured, is he? Isn't mm. he? Yeah. So I, I I would say it could be Laird, Dunn, Dickey, Jake Clark Saw. I would if he's fit. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, there was a moment, you know, what said everything for me really was that. The ball in the air, Rob Dickey went to attack it, and it was kind of upper chest height. And normally, Rob Dickey would attack that with his chest, ball to feet, and drive it out the fence. And he and he, he approached it, and he didn't know what to do. And it was a case of, do I bring this down and play, or do I just get it down the field? And he, he sort of did neither and booted it off for throwing. And it's that mindset of like, you can see players on the pitching, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here, I don't know what. Yeah. What does he want from me? What you know, and that's for me, that's criminal from a manager, really. If you want to get your message over. It's gonna be difficult now because if if tomorrow night Gareth says, Okay, we're gonna roll it out now, and then it's like, Wow, we've been going long every goal kick, we've been every time the ball comes to us, we'll be just clearing our lines, we've been heading it. Now he wants us to um control the ball, pass it out from the back. He, uh, can't see it to be honest. I can't see him um, doing that, changing the style of football tomorrow. I think he'll go with what he thinks is his style of play and what he knows is his default style of play, and that is uh, go a bit longer. But got to play, got to play a four-three-three. Got to play if Tim's available. You got to play a four back. You got to play my. If everyone was fit, I would play Tim, Stefan Johansson. I put field like he used to do when he played under Warburton, standing in front of the two centre halves mm. and being solid. Got a bit of legs in there with uh, Tim. 
you've got a bit of passing with uh, Stefan. He can't play in the two anymore. And then you've got to play Willock, Chair, and Dykes up front and try and get the ball into their feet. Yeah. And tell Dykes, look, stop flicking the ball on. You've got to get it. You've got to knock it down. You've got to get your, your two number 10s in the game. I mean, mm. that would be me. That would be what I would do to try and win the game. Mm. Because, you know, getting Dykes flicking it on to Chris Martin, that's just... Nonsense. That's just, easy. That's just food and drink to us. Just eat that up. Because, I mean, I could I could live with the change of style, well, if it was working, but also, you know, just be really pragmatic and just pack the midfield. I know that that team when I was writing about it in the, in the piece of the programme tomorrow, actually, that that's the, well, the Jamie Pollock goal. But I know that season, it was almost a similar season, similar. The way it panned out was almost similar to this season where it sort of started well, but there's a very talented squad, you, you know, yourself, Nigel Quasi, David Barsley, Danny Maddox, these types of yeah. players. And then but you almost sort of drew your way to safety, didn't you? And yeah, so we, was, we was always in games and we weren't getting battered. It was just obviously confident when you're in there and you it's, it's nervous, it's a nervous thing as well. There's a lot of nerves, there's a lot of panic, and you're desperate. <clears throat> but we had some good players. Um, like you said, Sharon, I was up front with Shares, good player. Didn't really work out for him at Cuba, but he was a good player. David Barsley came back in after his injury. Danny Maddox was there, Nigel Quasi. You know, brought in Vinnie Jones and Neil Ruddock and stuff like that. But um we were never we never got battered. We never got we never like lost like games like that. We never went to Blackpool, lost six one, or we never threw it not threw it in. We never got battered by at home to uh, Coventry, who were all right, a decent team. Got a really good centre forward for the division. But other than that, they're not. They got some good players, but they're not. You know, they're not Man City. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, I mean, it's going to be nervy tomorrow. Very nervy. Uh, the crowd will be nervy, obviously. And if you go a goal down, it's just tough, isn't it? Mm. I do think they got to pack the midfield, and yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, it just shows really when these two sides last met. It was a Sky game and nil-nil uh, was quite a good game, actually, a nil-nil draw. I think Don, it was Don Goodman was on the Sky commentary. Don Goodman never says anything nice about QPR on the Sky. And his words were, it's a good game. And he gave it to Tim Robin and Man of the Match and said, well, these are two sides that are going to be up there at the end of the season. <laughs> and, and you know what? I believed him. Because Rangers did all right. It's, it, I mean, they're a good side. Yeah. They've, got, they've got the biggest budget in the division. They've got, you know, they've massively underachieved this season. They've come on the back of a 5-1 defeat from the, in their last game. But oh, it's going to be very hard for QPR tomorrow. I, I really do worry tomorrow. I do think that, you know, where they are, they're still pushing for the playoffs. The squad they've got, you know, Rangers never... well. For the reasons in my head, I don't know if it's whether it's true or not, but Norwich always seem to beat QPR. <laughs> and a good team and a good footballing team. And if you don't match yeah. them up, um, and then sometimes, you know, I always thought that QPR, when they get overpowered, they sort of um, struggle a little bit. And, I, uh, you know, I don't, I didn't really think, I mean, maybe a little bit with Goy Carez up front, they got overpowered and he's a good runner and he ran the channels and he, he was, I thought it was a big difference between the two teams. But it's a very 
it's a very it's a, well I think every game's now a must win isn't it so you know you've got to win the games and then you've got Burnley on Saturday and wow I mean you're playing against a team that might be champions and the pressure's right off and sometimes that is more difficult when yeah they've got nothing to really play for I, I remember playing against um, Nottingham Forest I think it was it 2005 and we were like mid-table and um, we played Nottingham Forest and they had to beat us at home so, I think it was our last home game of the season and we actually battered them and they were desperate they had we, we sent them down and they were desperate to win yeah. and we were like a, we were like mid-table and it was like one of the easiest games ever played in mm. I was playing the field and just like I think they were so nervous they just absolutely bottled it and we had no nerves and we were just playing like it was nothing no real yeah. nothing on it for us and we battered them it was easy so that's a, a bit of a worry as well. So when mm. people say, oh, you know, nothing to play for, sometimes it can work the other way. Yeah. 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 But it's, um, as I say, well, you know, Norwich, you know, they got some very, very good players for this division. You know, you're playing the next two games against two sides that have come down from the Premier League last year. One's obviously going straight back up. You know, big squads, big budgets. You know, Wagner's a good manager at this level. It's going to be tough for QBR tomorrow. I, I do, I do, I do, I do worry. I do, I do worry. I mean, how, how do you see it going? Well, I'm, I'm going to be uh, my optimistic uh, best as, as usual, Ian. I'm going to, I'll take a draw right now. Mm. I'll take a draw. Yeah. I mean, the law, the law averages you've got with that. And I'm like, you never, I, I, I've said this a little few times my mum said to me how do you think QBR will get on and I went uh, you never know mum but I won't be surprised if they lose mm. yeah when reality yeah. sort of because uh, I'm, I'm you know you when you're a fan you're you're, you're optimistic and you're hopeful and you want you want them mm. you want them to win but then when you when they lose I'm like well yeah of course they did against Coventry why wouldn't they when they play like that and they set up like that Mm. But I'm going to take. Oh, I'm going to go for a one-one draw. Yeah, I mean, I am the eternal optimist. My my friends call me say I'm too too positive sometimes. That you know, I always think here we are going to win or fancy to win, and I don't fancy them here. I'm, I'm I'm really worried now about what the future holds. I'm very worried. Um, you know, I remember going down to League One last time, but there were mitigating circumstances about that. You know, you know the club was in great financial problems. The club's not in great financial problems now. They've not been dot points. They're not under a transfer embargo. They've not got owners who are leveraging money out of the club. Um, they were in the top six at Christmas. <laughs> I look at it and say, I, I, I think if Rangers get relegated, I think it will be one of the biggest... Um, disgraces in English football history, honestly, to be where you were at Christmas, to be where you are now. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a discussion for another time, but, you know, hopefully they get something tomorrow, but I, I, I just, just don't see it, to be honest. And um, I'm, I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned. And all I can see is crisis ahead. That's all I can, that's where I am. And, um, 
You know, the new manager doesn't enthuse me at all. I don't think he's good enough for the job, to be honest. Um, so on that cheery note, <laughs> see you soon. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go for a two-nil defeat. <laughs> oh God, we'll see. We'll see. So uh, hope we'll springs eternal. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Kev. It's been quite cathartic. I <laughs> know. Oh, for everyone watching it, sorry. <laughs> Don't lie to you. All right. Thanks very much. See you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.